What's going on, Fire Nation? It's your boy Rico, along my little big cousin G Baby and our boy Raul the Zookeeper. And we are the Friendly Fire Podcast, the hottest podcast on either side of the Mississippi, episode 61, baby. Such 61. a random offensive lineman number. Uh, how y'all doing today, fellas? Wellness check. Doing pretty good. Doing re- well. Zoo, talk to me. I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> so zoo is uh been we, we talk about concerts like we're gonna get into it but zoo has been like a concert savant over this uh year l- little weekend just <laughs> like or well, years especially but he pulled off a three-peat uh oh yeah he did three so in a row. three in a row three in a row yeah that was for chicago private festival uh so let's just hop into it uh as you guys may have seen off of Instagram, the boys invaded Milwaukee for Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers concert. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Brought my wife along. It was a lot of fun. I had a, I had a great experience. Um, we'll let y'all get into it. What, what were y'all just like? What, what did y'all think about it? Talk about it, G. Oh, first for Keem, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, boy, in the building. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was just a, a really well put together show. Like Facts. even like all the acts, the opening acts were dope. The first guy had a couple joints like here and there, but he was more like West Coast Travis Scott vibes. I couldn't mm-hmm. really get behind it, but everybody was cool. You know, the artistry was real good. His suit was it looked like it fit him this time a little bit. Shoulder <laughs> <laughs> well, pads, shoulder pads, a little bit more tame this <laughs> you time. You know what I'm saying? It like okay, he can get away with that. And Keem had his unimportant shirt. <laughs> Keem looked like he just got out of bed, and then they just handed him a microphone. That's what I, how it always seems to look with him. <laughs> <laughs> Zoo, no, what, what did you what, what you think about it with your back to back? I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um. You know, obviously, I went the first night with you guys. That one was that one was like super dope. You know, mm-hmm. just get an experience at all. I like um, uh, like where we were sitting, you could see everything like perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, like like all the visuals and whatnot, and even like when he would uh he would step and the little thing would light up. Like he had the whole Michael Jackson vibe. He yeah, had the Michael Jackson glove. <laughs> he had the whole he had the Billy Jean. Yeah. I take a step and it makes the noise whatnot. Uh, so no, it was really really dope. Uh, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and obviously, the second one, I was a little bit closer, the one in Chicago. Uh, and that in. one was really, really good as well. Nice. He did it big in Chicago, or was it... <laughs> was it about the same? No, I mean, he... Yeah, uh, I think it was about the same, but he did give a little bit more. Like, I, I guess, uh, like, Chicago rolls off the tongue a little bit more than Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like he was yelling <laughs> that a little bit more. And plus, okay. like his family is, yeah, he got roots from, in Chicago, yeah, from Chicago. So like, whenever like you know, he he always drops to Chicago. Not always, but I feel like every album he has like a Chicago bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, when he would rap that, and you know, the word Chicago would come up, and everybody would just go crazy. <laughs> That's good. And then of course, you know, we had uh, hip hop royalty in the house, Chance the Rapper. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he was there. And then there was probably a couple other people because it was uh you know where the stage is set up like the not the the equipment mm-hmm. like where the GA is yeah that's where yeah. he was and that thing was like packed because like mm. I think at the Milwaukee one there was no one there except probably like Chris Middleton or whatever yeah but but that thing was packed with like IG hoes and whatnot and I was like oh <laughs> look at him yeah <laughs> he was just providing for his friends that's all just being a, just being a good good wing man 
Yeah. <laughs> but no, nah, it was good. I really, really enjoyed it. Man, no, nah, for real. That was uh, an experience. It was definitely def- it was definitely a great experience. I'm very glad I was able to see that before he called it quits, especially it's one of them situations where it's like, wow, I got a little bit of money now. I can do this. Like, yeah. so it's like the first few times around, like when when Cole was on his uh, even his 20, his four, his four sales drive uh, to I'm like, shoot, I ain't got I ain't, I ain't I got money no to go to that. I ain't got no bread for that. So then when this came around, I was able to go and. All of this stuff is just it's great to see people that you um admire and you grow up watching like play all of your favorite hits. He played like full songs. Like there was it yeah. I was expecting like chorus line, like he was like, No, nah, I'm getting you both verses. It's been five mm-hmm. years, I've been missing. Yeah. Oh, I got y'all. I'm gonna make up for lost time. So yeah, I definitely couldn't complain about the set list. No, nah. we, we stood up the whole the that whole time. Thorough. And it was it was just good seeing like like Zoo had pointed out that we were some of the older heads in the crowd. Yeah. But it was like these kids, this is their first Kendrick real album. Mm-hmm. And this was like, you know, we, we was our age when he dropped Good Kid, Mad City. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it was a nice full circle. It took you back to high school a little bit. Like, oh, absolutely. Snap. Like, you know. I still remember the first time I still remember the first time I heard uh backseat freestyle. And funny enough, I didn't like it the first time I heard it. I I, I didn't know much about Kendrick. So somebody was playing them. I remember it was in it, I was in biology class and somebody had played it. What the heck is this? And so I'm listening. I'm like, I mean, it's all right. And then I don't know what kind of like flipped the switch. I mean, I just started hearing him more. And then he did the BET Cypher. I'm like, oh, okay. It's a bad boy right here. Like, all right, I got to tune in. <laughs> and it just it just took off from there. So yeah. to be able to see all of like, like you said, him kind of go over all of the years of like our high school years to college and so on and so forth and really just do it with, with such energy and passion is just like, wow. And then to see the status that baby came is currently like he's still relatively new but he's also become his own artist to where the crowd is just as excited to see him like trust me we were yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it's one one of those things where like whenever he decides to go on his own tour he can easily start selling out stuff like that not easily but you know he put the work in but like i wouldn't be surprised if he's able to get those types of numbers to a certain degree himself because the crowd was just as much in it so we it was like to be able to get that. So I think yeah. he, he's definitely on his way. Uh I think it was funny. Uh Tiana Leon, it's like or Tana Leon. He like you say, it's it's definitely like a West Coast Travis Scott vibe, but he was like, I'm not coming past this first step. Kendrick gave me strict orders. I am on the main <laughs> stage. <laughs> he saw Kendrick doing them pull-ups, he was gonna flex Tana. <laughs> he was like, I'm not going past this first step. I'm just gonna do my little bop right here. And I'm gonna go ahead and get up out of here. Uh that's why Keem had to change his shirt. He took a step and Kendrick snatched his ass up. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, let me go tell your mama. Now you know what I told nah. you. <laughs> Nah, Keem was crazy. Keem was crazy in Chicago. Like, every, I feel like people were just as loud for Keem in Chicago than, than Kendrick. That makes sense. Like, they were going insane. And when uh, I'm glad uh, I wore my, my Yeezy Gap at the Milwaukee one. Because mm-hmm. at the one here in Chicago, half the damn stadium had Yeezy Gap <laughs> <laughs> shirt. <laughs> so when, when, uh, when, uh, when he played uh, Praise God, that's on Donda, everybody went insane. I, I don't know, just they were insane because, you know, we're in Chicago and it's Kanye. And it's like, you know, everyone, like I said, everyone was going for Keem regardless. Or they went crazy because maybe they thought he was going to bring out Ye or whatever. Mm-hmm. But regardless, like, like now nah, Keem killed it in Chicago. He, he went insane. 
That's good. Like, I, well, just, just uh, like, he gave the same performance in Milwaukee, but I feel like the crowd was a little bit more more hype than that. He fed off the energy uh, probably a little bit better just because it is Chicago. I, and we were talking about this, I think, on the way back. It's just knowing that these artists got to get up every day or every other day to do the yeah. exact same set, more or less, in another city, Phoenix, Milwaukee. Yeah, got to be hype for Toledo, like stuff like that. You got to really go out there and be a showman. Because you and, know, if he does that show, then he's maybe spend the night in Milwaukee or they take mm-hmm. that two hour drive yeah. to Chicago the next day and you got to set up, do it all over again. So like, it's it's crazy seeing, excuse me, seeing the work that's put in. Because I've seen, I've even watched like behind the scenes footage of people on tours and whatnot and how stuff has to get set up. But to go night after night, same same clothes, same uniform, right. whatever, same choreography, all of that, and give 30 different I mean, cities, or and then you go out to you go intercontinental right. of that status, the same show in the same amount of energy. Like the 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 inside you gotta pull that from is crazy. Artistry is such an interesting um thing to me because of like what you gotta mm-hmm. channel. You gotta you gotta have like a switch. You have, like, yeah, you, you gotta be able to turn that on like. At a moment's notice. Yeah. Hey, I'm at this Buffalo Wild Wings, and they want me to do money trees. <laughs> I'm gonna turn it up real quick, hop on the tables, and you know, get to it. I mean, that's just if the fans want it. Yeah. You got to do it. That's that's definitely great. Um, Zoo, you also your your concert escapades didn't stop with uh two Kendrick concerts. You also it went didn't. to the Bad Bunny concert in the middle of a water park, formerly known as Soldier Field. So, how was that? Oh, it was great. This man is insane. Bad Bunny. It was three hour set. Ooh, Damn. started at eight. Ooh. ended at eleven. He didn't do openers. It was just him. Just him. That nigga is crazy. Uh, <laughs> three like, hours usually, he do. Usually his his opener is like a local DJ or something. Mm-hmm. But because uh, we we thought there was gonna be like a lot of rain, there was like predicted to be thunderstorms. I guess he he canceled that, and they just had like the the ox in the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I mean, it his is, cousin it plugged is, his phone up. It was like, hey, just play something real quick. <laughs> yeah, just play. Just put it on Pandora and put that shuffle on. Uh, but but no, yeah, he, he came out at eight and then eleven. I think because my sister has a set list. I think it's either fifty or sixty songs he did. And it's like insane because it's like not one like like yo. It's someone sent us the game. Someone sent us the Chris Brown. This is how you do sixty songs, no misses, Man. <laughs> you know. Man. And it's Nah, that energy was Imagine sold remembering out. the order too for three hours. Like yeah. you got it. Like you know what's coming next. Like that's crazy. It's just albums in order. Okay, what's my first one? This. What's my second one? Well, this. yeah, basically, basically. <laughs> he, <laughs> he got the track list on his phone. Like, hey, what, what did? Oh, I did do this feature. Okay, cool. That's crazy. I mean, like people gonna be mad if you accidentally run one back. Nah, yeah, three, like, three, three hours is nuts. And he was like, it wasn't. Do be. So, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no! Like people when our G baby said people are gonna be mad now because uh, uh well me and my sister rode again. She sat a little bit closer. She sat like the first section or whatever. And uh, but but like on the way back, she was like, "Oh, he didn't do this song. He didn't do this song." I was like, "He did sixty songs." Like, what do you want the man to do? Like, like bro. I wanted him 75. to do sixty-two. Okay, <laughs> I had a specific one I was you looking for. Seventy in the tuck. We know that. <laughs> but yeah, she was like, "Oh, he didn't do this. He didn't do that." Blah blah. And I was like, "Nah, that's." That's insane. And low key for the uh for like the price I paid, I thought it was gonna be I forgot that soldier field was a little bit higher. 
for, for, for whatever reason. But my view was good as hell. And I bought it. I bought the tickets on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And like some people probably paid like double what I paid and they were farther as shit. Yeah. So I got lucky with that. But no, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. He brought yeah. out um, uh, uh, this uh, one reggaetonera. Uh, she's called Evie Queen. Okay. She's like basically the Nicki Minaj, Lil Kim. She's like an OG. She's like from Daddy Yankee. Oh wow! Oh, okay. And he brought her out, and the crowd went insane. They gave her like a like a three minute standing ovation when she finished, cause she did oh, like wow. he brought her out, and she did like two or three songs, mm-hmm. and like people were going like insane. People were like, "This chick in front of me, it was her birthday. I thought she was gonna fucking pass out." People were. <laughs> uh, he bring he brought he brought a fan on stage. Like to dance with him. We know we know how he, bad Bunny give down with his fans. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, facts. Divorced. Broken. King and his girl, bro. Andrew Tate got to love Bad Bunny. We're gonna get Andrew Tate. We're gonna get to Andrew Tate for sure. Bro, that man, Bad Bunny is wild in the, around the world right now. But yeah, he brought a fan on stage. He danced with her. Blah blah blah. And he he basically let her. He brought her out kind of towards the end, but there was like still like six songs left, and he like told her, he's like, you just want to stay on stage. And I was like, bro, if she if she's married in a relationship, yeah, that's over with. Bonito. <laughs> he got her in the tuck. But no, nah, it was really, really, really good. I enjoyed now, it. Now, I obviously I haven't been to a Bad Bunny concert yet. Maybe that's something that happens in my future. But in regards to like his his showmanship, does he have like dances on stage, or is it just him kind of just going crazy for three hours, just like putting on the show? He has dancers. He has like, I want to say like twenty dancers. Mm-hmm. so 15 or 20 but they're the same dances from the last concert and like that i think i, t- I texted you guys on the way way there bad bunny fans are worse than oh yeah you Chinese gotta talk fans, about that beyonce yes. fans i don't care bro but because like people know the dancers names like at the point where you know like you're yelling yeah. like random names no, for the dancers wild. and shit it's don't like yo <laughs> congrats on your baby <laughs> Sylvia, what? (laughs) He's like kept the at least from the last concert because he released like two albums, no three albums during the pandemic, and then he released this one this year. And so the last concert was uh like his first like huge tour, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. because he had already gone on tour before that, but he was in he was known, but he was in like selling out Soldier Fields and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like everyone knows the dancers' names. He has like twenty of them. The traffic was insane getting there. On the way back, I told my sister this because uh, we we drove back from Milwaukee, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a two-hour. Well, no, it was like an hour fifty-minute drive, hour forty-minute drive because it was less traffic. On the way back from Soldier Field to here, which if I go to Soldier Field right now is a fifteen-minute, fifteen-minute drive. Mm-hmm. I live right next to the E-way, so okay. I could get there in fifteen minutes. Because um, I actually went there to Soldier Field yesterday in the morning to see if I could go upgrade my tickets to get closer because we saw it on TikTok or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it was a 15-minute drive. But on the way back, it was a two-hour drive. Oof. Damn. Just, get, just Oof. getting out of basically the parking lot and getting out of the like the very first vicinity. It was a two-hour drive. Mm. On the way there, it was about like an hour 30 drive. Oh shit! Because it, it was just backed up. We were still like, I literally That's put my crazy. car in park. <laughs> I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm not gonna waste my time. Yeah, it That's was crazy. insane. Yeah, but it was yeah, it the was bad weird. Bunny fan, something else. Even leaving Milwaukee, it was weird for us because we tried to get on two arm ramps. Both of them holes was blocked off, 
So we sitting there like this raggedy city can't get us. <laughs> no I was baby. knocked out, my bad. <laughs> Bro, nah. Yeah, I, 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 I try to, my lady, she likes driving, so she was driving, and I'm sitting there trying to stay awake for. Bro, I I'm hearing the music. Next thing I know, I'm waking up. She's like, "Yo, what you want to eat?" Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I sure woke up. I was damn. I was a long blink. I didn't sleep over here. <laughs> I def- definitely ended up knocking out. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, shout out to all the great artists that we saw. Um, definitely like. Um, I think that's what separates them, like the Kendricks and the Bad Bunnies and the Jake Talk Coles from like the regular artists. Mm-hmm. where they put on like an actual show like Kendrick memorizes choreography he's like doing the the thing where uh, he has the arrows in his back on the big screen yeah that's and, and it's like he's it's like, like theatrics the, yeah. yeah it's like a whole theater like bad bunny he got on this like like this floating platform oh, wow. that brought him up all the way to the 300 section like it lifted him up there on each side so like it traveled from left to right i have a video of it i didn't post it yet I can send it to you guys so you can see mm-hmm. it. But it traveled literally. He was like, I was in the third section, like upstairs, like in the 300 section. He was literally like 20 feet from me. Wow. Because it brought him all the way up and then it took him all, all the way around. So everybody could at least get one good view of him yeah. up close. Oh, so like sidelines. And like, sidelines. I respect yeah. it. I respect it. Because even like, Cole had like a whole theme to his concerts. Like there was a there was a way he came, he came out like it was like. At now, starting guard, such and so, like he had all of that. He had like a, a highlight reel of his like three highlights when he was in Africa. But like he joked about that, and he had all of that, and it brought you into the world of this is like a basketball thing. So it's like this actually can lead directly into the Louisiana rapper we were talking about. Like when it when it comes to artists wanting to put on the show, and there is a difference between just an artist and a rapper or an artist and a singer because if you're just gonna stand there or if you're gonna let the like uh, what Jay Z say? Why are you letting the song rap for me? I know my lyrics, type of deal. Yeah. So like, I, I was that, literally about to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, that does se- that separates a lot of people because Kendrick only Kendrick ain't had nobody playing the the lyrics in the background. If he needed to take a breath, he just took a breath. It was like, no, nah, this is you gonna hear me the whole way. Five right. years, nigga, we better hear you. Like, right, <laughs> so, you better have some sort of breath control. So yeah, it, it's one of those things where um, artistry it is somewhat of a lost art and i think that might be part of the reason why we're we gonna lead into this too why some people may think like like stuff like r&b and whatnot is dead because the artistry isn't as prevalent anymore but even back to the louisiana rapper uh what was his name oh. autumn or something like that he canceled the show because he only sold 85 tickets now i've never heard of autumn i don't know nothing about autumn is what 85 people did 85 people know about autumn 85 people deserve a show. This ain't the same as like a T-Pain situation where like you may have like overshot the the, the rooms or whatever you could sell right. out. So he was like, you know what? I'm not making no money on this at all. I'm going to cancel it and then we're going to come right. back together and figure it out. And now he's selling out the spots that he's booking because he he figured out, okay, the right levels and what not to do. To just sit there and be like, oh, I don't know what niggas doing. I don't know if they're going back to school or what, but I'm not coming out for 85 people. You messing <laughs> up. That's like, how not that, 85 cut in half. Yeah, if you even get that again. Yeah. So like, it'd like be different if you were sick. It's different if you had like a death in the family. That's one thing. But to just say, oh, well, I think I'm better than just these 85 people showing up. You're supposed to give them 85 people an experience of a lifetime. If they know enough about you, my thing is if, if somebody knows enough about me to spend money on something I'm putting out, I have to give 110%. It was this comedian, uh, David Arnold. 
he said he's like he he was circulating doing tours and whatnot. He said, "Oh, I just did a room for three people. I gave those three people the best show of their life yeah. because this is how much one he loves the the art of comedy, and two, you don't want to alienate people. If somebody coming out of their time to either leave work early or or cook early or whatever to come and support you." And you upset because the numbers ain't where you think they need to be. So you just up and cancel. That's a bad look. I just, like I said, with the Chance the Rapper, not Chance the Rapper, uh, Kid Cudi at the show. Mm -hmm. You may have been disrespected by these two, three people, maybe 20 people, but it's a bunch of other people that have worked their ass off to buy a ticket to see Kid Cudi. This might be their only shot to see Kid Cudi. And you walk off, like you owe us a show. Mm-hmm. Whether, I mean, it wasn't like, you, it's disrespectful. You got something thrown at you. That's just not concert performance. But at the end of the day, it wasn't like it was a sea of bottles <laughs> and tomatoes getting thrown at you. Yeah. One dude caught you. Okay, keep it going. Go to the back of the stage. But it's 900 other people in here that probably the only chance they'll ever get to see Kid come. And you don't even give them that. You don't even write a fan note to everybody that bought a ticket. Like you got to do something. Like you just bailed on the show. It's like, no, I'm never going to go see Kid Cudi now. Mm -hmm. And whether it's he doesn't care about my ticket sale or my album sale, it's like I'm probably not the only person that feels like this. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you owe, you owe the people the show, especially if they got you here. You see what I'm saying? It, it ain't like Kid Cudi just an upstart and he was like, oh, you know, I'm just filling in. Like, you're an established artist. Like, it's going to be people that hate you. There's going to be people that just want to hate you just because it's cool, but it's a lot of people that don't. Mm -hmm. And for you to just say, fuck them because of this dude cracked you with a water bottle. It's like, okay, I understand you're disrespected, but show must go on. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing with this dude, Autumn is like, bro, 85 people. We don't even have 85 podcasts listening. Like, how would we stop it? Oh, when this episode didn't get 30, this is the last episode. You can't do that. Like, that's the part of the 85 you show out for them 85. Now they probably bring a friend a piece. Now the next show, probably 110, mm -hmm. 120. Then that shows 200. Then it's three, four, five. You see what I'm saying? Like it's a process, but you can't go out there and expect to sell 1,200 seats and don't nobody know who you are. Like you in cool. Louisiana, that don't reach up here. It if don't. it ain't huge. If it ain't Wayne. If it ain't Wayne, if it ain't Young Boy, anybody, somebody, whoever down there, it ain't that. It's not reaching us. So it could be the hottest Colorado rapper right now, but it ain't reaching. <laughs> but I'm yeah. pretty sure he's not canceling his 16 tickets sold show. That nope. 16 tickets he ain't sell last week. So you just, I mean, you as an artist, you have to, the conviction is like, this is your dream. So how strong is that dream? Mm -hmm. 85 is not enough for you. Okay. Now next time 65 is not going to be enough for you. So you might not never perform again. Yeah. If 85 wasn't enough. Yeah. So you, you paint yourself in that box. Go ahead, Zoo. No, yeah, I mean, like, I agree with you, baby. The whole, if the, those 85 people pay, they're your fans. And like you said, if I just cancel, like, just randomly, because, um, you know, no, more people didn't show up. Now those 85 fans are like, no, I'm not going to waste my money. Or, like you said, request off. Or Because some people could request off with pay. So it's like, all right, whatever, I still got paid. Some people just have to request off with no pay. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn, I lost a whole day of work. Lost the paycheck. I yeah. dealt with traffic. I stayed I, I stayed in the line potentially. Or it's, it's just one of those. And then it's like a lot of times they don't refund that. Because especially if you get it through like 
Ticketmaster or something, you may be able to get it insured or mm-hmm. have it, have it, whatever his means was of selling people's tickets. If he's not giving them back the money, then you really just screwed everybody over. All right, you yeah. just got a quick payday. Yeah. And it wasn't even worth anything because now you lost all these things. Yeah. Like, like, like we were saying, like, with somebody like a T-Pain who is established or whatnot, and he tried to do a tour a couple years ago, the numbers wasn't looking how he felt they should look, maybe because he he booked rooms that were too big or whatever. He was like, okay, I'm not, it doesn't make sense. He did it early, though. Like, hey, all right, this ain't going to work. We'll just, you know, go back to the drawing board type of situation. For somebody that maybe the masses hasn't heard of, that's I was very surprised it even went viral. But for somebody that the masses haven't even heard of to just go out of your way and be like 85, not enough. You gotta, you gotta take that on the chin. It's it, it's growing pains coming with that. He's still, he's gotta be still relatively new. So like we've seen, go- oh not to cut you off, but like we've seen the videos of like Travis Scott performing in front of like 20 people. People Jack that was Harlow walking, yeah, and they were walking by, like, they weren't even like standing to listen. They was like, oh, okay, what he got going on and still yeah. moving. Yeah. So you gotta start from somewhere. And like you, you said, with, from- with Jack Harlow. I've I've seen that he was doing it in a in a cafeteria with like twelve people who knew who he was. He was doing little dive in bars and stuff like that. So you do that, and then you end up at Coachella, whatever festivals he's been at. It's all a part of the grind. Like it takes time. time. I don't know yeah. if Autumn has a team behind him or whatever his management situation is, but like somebody needs to be like, hey, no, nah, eighty five people paid. 85 folks gonna get a show because then word of mouth spreads around. Oh, y'all missed it. Y'all should have came out. Uh, he came out in the crowd. He did this, he did that, he performed all of that. You gotta do what you have to do. You you can't take a shortcut. I seen a tweet uh yesterday. A guy was saying, Man, when you starting out, your tickets need to be 15 to 20 dollars. If you gotta take the church van to get where you need to go, you don't need no big double decker bus. Get do it within your means. Do what you need to do. Sell the merch that you need to sell to let to provide for your fans, to provide for your people and let them know that you respect their time, their money, their effort, and that you're there for them. And all of that does is just continue to build, at the very least, you build a stable fan base. Even if you don't gain new people off of that, you got a, a baseline that you know, all right, if I go out to this city, I can at least get this many people to come out. Right. It's not rocket science. It's <laughs> not. I mean, because you'll see some, hey, uh, I, I saw your show the other day. You want a headline? You want to be the first headline for such and such and such? Mm-hmm. And he might not be the world's biggest artist. Mm-hmm. But one of his fans might be, oh, this dude's straight. He might go check you out now or share your video. It's networking. It's, it's a big, small world. Absolutely. It only takes one post for somebody to go viral. Absolutely. Let's say you spit the hardest freestyle over a cream bead and somebody <laughs> discovers it. Who, who says they won't? You just got to keep putting yourself out there. But canceling the show for 85 people, that looks like, oh, he's not serious about it. He was looking for a quick payday, didn't get what he wanted, so he bailed. Or he thinks he's bigger than what he really is. Right. Like you said, if it's not Wayne, Young Boy, or somebody else, Louisiana rappers ain't making their way up here. So it's like, make, like if this is a show that he canceled within his own state, now you're looking bad to your own people. Yeah. This like, man, you don't even perform in front of the home crowd? Like, come on now. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, a, shitty, it's a shitty situation trying to be an artist, <laughs> I, I can assume. Yeah, yeah. Even it's, with it's, this podcast, it's like, how you know we got we we have our five or six seven people that were like damn man how come y'all missed this week yeah but we got to be on it for them five six seven 
Yeah. We have to, you know what I'm saying? It's all a and part of the, it's all a part of the ground. We can't sit, like you said, if we not averaging 35, we can't just get like, if this is something that we say that we want to do that we enjoy doing. We we've all made sacrifices in right. whatever shape or form. Zoo got to record in his car because <laughs> family too loud. You was doing, we doing the graveyard ship podcast or we doing the way early in the morning podcast, trying to balance it out and everything. It's like sacrifice people that want to hear because people want to hear what you got to say. So to go, like you said, to go out of your way to just be like, eh, eh it, like you said, it looks bad. And we were talking about speaking of artistry. Once again, it has been trending on Twitter that R&B and a bunch of people have had their opinions on that. Uh, Tory Lanez went live with Pete Diddy talking about it. And I, I didn't watch the whole thing, but one clip I did see, he said he was talking about how uh, basically it's like, too many people singing about the same thing. Now, mind you, it's the same stuff he's singing about. But right. he was like, as somebody who does make music about the toxic relationships and all that, he was like, nigga, I want to hear about love too. And I want to hear about this, that, and the third. Now, there are people who are saying, R&B isn't dead. You guys just refuse to broaden out your musical horizons and look at this indie artist from Montana who's been right. making music for two years and music videos and all of that because you want to listen to the same five artists do the same stuff and then you have the nerve to complain that r&b is dead some people was blaming p diddy for the fact that r&b is dead so the fact that you got the nerve to go on live talking about mm -hmm. it, is it dead is something else what do y'all think about it? we've talked about it before but because it, new points keep getting brought up and it, it keeps recirculating i'm just curious to see like if you guys have had any new thoughts about the state of r&b and what even defines dead to from a from a listener's perspective yeah i mean um I brought up before we started Chris Brown went on his little Instagram rant as he usually does. Yes, he does. And uh, his point was what you just said right now that you guys uh, like, well, not you guys, but like people don't broaden their horizon from the like the people the labels push mm -hmm. or that the radios play or whatever. And he's like, um, like if you listen to smaller artists, there's a lot of them making love songs that people claim they want. And even Chris Brown was like, well, I, I, I feel like he mainly went on this rant for himself, even though he brought that point up. He's like, I just dropped a 50 song album and it's like 30, like 90 percent of them are love songs, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And like you guys chose to ignore that. But I feel like that's the main reason he went he went on that rant. But I mean, that still does bring a point because like a month ago or whenever Gideon Fayez and uh, Division dropped their albums, mm -hmm. everyone was like, oh, it's toxic, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like Chris Brown dropped the 50 song album of like half of them, let's say, are love songs and everyone mm -hmm. ignored it or so and so dropped love albums and people ignored it. And, you know, and I feel like it's mainly directed to the to the men, like the men artists, because mm -hmm. it's like, I guess, well, women want to hear a man talk about love, you know, that that's what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. But it's like, are we going to keep the same? Because I listen to Janae. I love Janae. Mm -hmm. But a lot of her songs are like, they're like heartbreak. They're not really love songs. They're like, oh, uh, what's that song called? Whole with the future happiness over everything. Mm -hmm. You listen to Summer Walker, which talks about uh, that everybody ain't shit. And Kalani does the same thing. Like they're love songs, but they're all like shitting on men. But you don't see men in droves. Being like, oh, Kalani, Janae. It's like, now we like their music, too. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Giveon, Fayez, and Division, it's working out for them. You, everyone's listening to the Toxic. So you guys are complaining, but you're still buying it. You're still listening to it. 
and women are the prime consumers of music. Yeah. Still, like, like uh, th that's literally like when you go on a date, you literally curate your playlist for her to, oh, what is she going to want to listen to to make her think I have good music taste or that I'm interesting, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And what is so-and-so like? Oh, they, they love Brent Fires, even though it's talking about cheating on women for whatever reason, <laughs> they enjoy it. So There's it's no like group. you can't really help it. Uh, now I don't mean to cut you off. But, uh, it's no growth because it's like you said with the Jen Aiko and uh, Kehlani's and all of them. It's like, what's different about your first album and this? It's like, you're still hurt, you're still crying, you're still got cheated on. There's no yeah. growth. Like you haven't, you're just Back. stuck in this. Oh, I'm hurt over this guy. Oh, I'm hurt over this guy. I, like you're, I'm tired of you being the sad, whispery chick. Like you're always getting hurt. Like you don't have no yeah. confidence. You don't it have like Janae. You've been in a relationship with like Big Sean for like eight years now. You guys have a kid. It's like, way, where it's like you still heartbroken, bro. Like in high school. And you know what? I don't. And, and like you were saying, I don't even think that they're even because Kalani apparently. I haven't uh, really uh, absorbed her music a lot recently, but they have said that some of her most recent stuff has been really good. But even if you are in a better place, it all goes back to what the fans want to hear. Like we said. We've said this a million times on here. Chance the Rapper is physically, sp spiritually, mentally in a much better place than he was when he was in high school or just coming out. But nobody cares about that. Nobody. Now, some of it is his fault. Some of the rhymes he made weren't the best, but he's in a different mind state. He's happier. He's healthier. This, that, and third. We don't care about none of that. We want to hear about X, Y, and Z. He ain't been in that mind state, Lord willing, for the last, what, eight years? But this is what people want to hear. So it's, it's like it, Andre 3000 said. Like when go he, ahead. he was like, when you stop rapping is like hip hop. It's like, you're supposed to be hip with it. Mm -hmm. You can't be 40 years old talking about all oh, this and stuff. And <laughs> it doesn't sound right. Yeah. So it's like, you're not hip anymore. So stop trying, mm -hmm. like stay in this lane. Like if you chance the rapper would have disappeared for eight years, got his life together and came back, fine. But it's like the Eminem syndrome. Mm -hmm. We fell in love with this M. Mm -hmm. You got your life changed, great. We don't care but about you that. You have to respect yeah. how we fell in love with you. Now mm -hmm. you have a different fan base going forward, recovery on that. Oh, this is where we met Eminem. You're never going to be able to please everybody. But the mm -hmm. second you do, you sound like, oh, you're angry yelling at the mic. It's like, why is Eminem still dissing people? It's like, why are you still looking for Eminem dissing? You're almost 50. Isn't he about to be a grandfather? Isn't uh, Haley pregnant? Is she? I, so. I, I said, I said, it may have been a clickbait. I, w I didn't click on it. It was a YouTube thing talking about like she thought she was having a boy or something like that. I don't know how true that is. I don't want to put that out there, but he can't be too far from it. Because I could eat these the whole verse. So I, that's, <laughs> so I'm just saying, 16 bars. I, I really hope <laughs> it's not. It's like the, but, like the game, <laughs> too. It's like, bro, you're still name dropping people. Like, I thought Drake was the co host on this damn album. As much times as he was being, oh, Drake this, Drake this, Drake this. It's like, you're old, bro. You're old and corny. It's <laughs> what it is. Like, you have to let that go. If Game went back to just talking about how he was talking on the documentary, this, that, that it'd be welcome. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you're trying to keep up with little baby. You're trying to do this. Like, that's not your sound. That's never been your sound. It's like, you're the old nigga trying to catch up. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you see where, nah, you don't see Nas over here making twerk songs. You don't see Ghostface making twerk songs. Like, we stayed in our lane. This is us. They could never branch out like that. 
but yeah. the game is like, why are you making love songs? It's like you, he can't that's make a not love you. Song? That's not you, bro. You try. I mean, he be trying to woo the women, but it's always like ridiculously hardcore. Yeah. Like, ugh, like it is. Like, yeah, no, but I'm not gonna you. lie. I'm not gonna lie. That 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 that's that love song he has with uh, Jeremiah. That shit goes crazy. That was like, no. That was like I said. He can do it, <laughs> but it's just like, like stop trying to keep up. Stop trying to be hip. Like you've lost that. Yeah. Like you were done in 2014 with being relevant as mm-hmm. far as music, and that's fine. It's not saying game sucks or this, that, and the other, but it's just like your time's over. It's time for a new generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing with R&B is like you could throw Kehlani on the shuffle. And you won't know what out what song that album comes from. It could be this one. It could be our first one. They all sound the same. Yeah. It's like you're still hurt. We can't tell on IG. You're the happiest person out here. Yeah. But you're still this hurt and heartbroken. Like it's got to change up. And with the men, not just trying to stick on women. It's like, bro, you're forty. Like, why are you still trying to be toxic with? They say that about Lucky Day. He's like thirty-seven, and it's like the stuff he raps about is if somebody's like just getting out of college or something. You're sleeping with girls just coming out of college and you're be, you're 40. You got 20 years on these girls. It's like, why are you getting so heartbroken over her? Mm-hmm. Like you should be trying to get the 35 year olds or the 28 to 32. crowd. That should be your crowd. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be looking at 18 to 25. And that's the problem with Chris Brown is he never grew up out of that. It was like you made music for teenagers. And you keep making music. Teenage people who are well, let's sneak away and have sex in a car, or let's sneak away and have sex in my parents' basement. You ain't got a house. <laughs> it's like, like, bro, you are forty. He did it. <laughs> he did have that, that, that song with Young Thug. Um, what, is it crazy? Yeah. yeah. Where he's like sneaking to your crib in the middle of the night. He's like, why are we sneaking? Like, bro, <laughs> you're sneaking to a crib in like ten years. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? A lot of it also has to do with the fact because. Like, think about somebody like an Usher, like who's been recently getting his much-deserved flowers all because of his uh, tiny desk. But a lot of the music he was making in his 20s was music that was more or less timeless because it just it didn't encompass it something around the age. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that whoever was like, whether he was writing or whoever was writing for him, they made him, they had him do music that, like you said, was broad, that wasn't specific to him being 18. And there was also a gap in between albums and stuff so it's like hey this is by far more maturity than the last stuff i've done so i've had a chance to grow and now when i'm making music i'm in a different mind state so when he raps yeah and when he i mean i raps when he sings yeah when he sings uh nice and that's age appropriate at all points in time it's still and he even did an interview asking like about like you know keeping up or staying relevant and it was a lot like what you said g it was kind of like well who am i right now like, that's the biggest thing. It's not about keeping up with, like, the young niggas or trying to, like, he tried to do that. He, he did a a, th- a song with Young Thug, and it didn't really go over the best because it's like, that's not where you at. Like, just that's be, it's, and thing. it's okay. You know, it's okay to experiment, but it's like, when those songs don't hit, it's because you more or less kind of leaving your roots. And if you're allowing yourself to grow and mature as a man, as a woman, and therefore as an artist, then it's allowing people to kind of come with you, which is why I think rap, usually goes over well than other uh forms of media because they can rap about where they're at at that time or their hopes mm-hmm. for the future or whatever and sad to say police brutality is always going on so because you wanna... can still pop up and say f the police and it's right. still f the police because of what's going you're, on 
<laughs> so it's because you you want to you don't want to put yourself in that box and that's the thing with like this toxic music is like once you've always been cheated on or once you're this super hard drill gang banging dude it's like you alienate everybody else mm-hmm. because i don't want to be sad thinking about my ex all the time and i don't want to go out here and kill the whole block either yeah. that's why you have to be open like one of the greatest r&b songs of all time is 21 questions it's timeless yeah. true you can sing that to any at any given point in time because it's general it's questions yeah. you would ask a woman that you're trying to court mm-hmm. it's not too vulgar it's are you going to be my ride or die essentially you look mm-hmm. at like back even further like the isley brothers between the sheets that's everybody's goal whether you're wow, 50 wow, 60, wow. 18 45 <laughs> 60 you trying to get between the sheets you know yes, what i'm saying yes but For once sure. you start my heart got broke by girl in 4c now you done alienated everybody that lives in 4c oh she lives in 4c she's a hoe if she's this that you see what i'm saying you putting yourself and your fans in this box because it'll never you'll never be happy mm-hmm. and we don't want to see you happy they were saying the about ride wave they're like you're you very talented but it's like how are you still so sad every single time somebody there, there's been a viral tweet that's going around people have been recycling it uh, have you ever felt useless or hard, something like that? They're like, no, and they, I don't relate. Like, I'm living good right now. Right. But at the same time, he's for what not for whatever reason, because he is talented. He has work, but he's found that niche to where he can do a stadium and they singing out his song. And right. they were saying like he like Meg the Stallion on paper is a much bigger artist than Rod Wave, but for whatever reason, his reach is further alone. Is it just just because everybody like feeling sad? Is it like, is it, it's just one of those things where I guess if you find that niche and it continuously works, what reason would it be to change up? What reason does Rod Wave have to make a happy song or do a happy chorus? If everybody that listens to his stuff is heartbroken over a dead homie or a loved one that was lost, you feel me? It's right. like, eh? like a, you may be tired of hearing it. Yeah. So you yeah. get no longevity. You think so? It's because like, there's always going to be niggas that sad. It's always, always going to be niggas that say it, but it's just like, okay, why should I listen to the new album when I can just go back to the old one when it was really hitting? Like, he didn't change up the subject matter. Niggas sure. is still sad. <laughs> so it's like, I, shouldn't, I, don't, I don't have to listen to the new one. Especially if the new one ain't hitting like the old one, then I'm never checking for nothing else. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, he didn't, he didn't peak. He didn't topped out. Bam, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to just stick with the old stuff. And that's how you lose me because you can't, grow like you're supposed to experiment that second and third album Mm -hmm. that's and like once you get to four and five and you be like all right this is still heartbroken this that and the other i'm gang banging at the fool then this is what it is you need to start living by those means that well i'm gonna have to start you know living this life a little bit and that's not the life you want to stay to if you want to get out of it but you got to change the music you have to upgrade as an artist or else you fall by the wayside Zoo, I got a question. Um, for a, like a lot of either reggaeton or Latino artists, what does growth look like for them? Or does it do they usually stay pretty much the same because everybody loves to party, everybody loves dancing and whatnot? So they can kind of just stay in that lane their entire career and not really have to, even if they go through life experiences, they don't have to make music about it because the fans are going to continuously listen to the same type of stuff for them does it is there like a growth for them or how does Um, that look there is a little growth but um a lot of times the beat obviously helps it is dance music Mm. but like 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 if you take bad bunny for example 80 to 85 percent of his songs are heartbreak songs 
No, like real. Fire like, if you listen to the lyrics, they're depressing. Like at the concert, I think I was just emotional this weekend. I <laughs> I cried a little bit at the Kendrick concert, and then at the Bad Bunny concert, there was this one song where I was I was damn near bawling. Like like I was like singing and dancing, and I was crying at the same time. It was a quite the, the spectacle. But like two songs passed, and I still had like I was wiping my eyes, and I, they were still wet. Like that's how much like. But he has like really really sad songs over like fire beats, which helps them out. Daddy Yankee, you know, he's been out since uh, like he's like I guess you could do the the longevity because he's been since like 2003, I think that that album came out with Gasolina in it. Mm-hmm. And basically, so he has changed his sound slightly to sound newer, obviously to fit in more with the with the music that's coming out now because the sound did change. If you play a song from 2003 uh, to now, you could tell the difference. But it's mainly the difference in the production. It's not so much what they're rapping about because, like, this Daddy Yankee album, it's his going away album, basically, if he, if he is going to retire. And mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, thank – he's not, like, rapping, like, uh, like, like, oh, thank you for everything, blah, blah, blah. No, it's still, like, I want to hang out with this chick. I want to sleep with this girl. And he's, like, he's in his 40s mm-hmm. and whatnot. And still, yeah, like, I want to party and I want to drink and whatnot. So it's, it's, yeah, it hasn't much changed. There's like one, there's a couple that do grow, but like, I don't know in this genre, that doesn't help as much when you're like super, like we've said before with even like rap music that people don't care as much. People claim they want introspective music, but they don't really. Well, they don't buy it or they don't consume it as much. Mm-hmm. Because they are like dudes like uh, Calle 13 Residente and like Don Omar, who did grow. At first, their music was like party music, and now it's like they're trying to teach a message. But it's like it's like, damn, I can't dance to this. And when <laughs> I want to listen to this, I want to dance and I want to feel it. like even if I'm sad and it's sad music, I'm still dancing through it. Like that's mm-hmm. what gets you through it, at least in in this genre, okay. and, and a lot of Spanish music too. It's just mainly. A lot of Latinos are very sad people. <laughs> it's a lot of because they're giving the, the songs my mom listens to. It's like they're all depressing songs. I grew up on all these songs when you're cleaning and whatnot. And it's like dance music. But if you listen to the lyrics, depressing. I actually saw a TikTok. Um, I want to say like two or three days ago. And it was like uh, uh, a song about because it's a song. This is really, really popular. It, if you guys have been to any Latino party, you, you might have heard it. But it's a song about slavery. Hmm. And like um i think in colombia or wherever um i forgot where the original he's like giving a from. history lesson about it yeah it's like about oh. slave it, 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 uh it's like um it's a story about uh like a slave couple and the guy is de- trying to defend and stand up for his wife but his wife is like getting beat mm-hmm. by the slave master mm-hmm. oh. and then uh i think i think like towards the end of the song the the guy actually ends up getting killed by the slave master it's trying to defend her or whatever. But, <laughs> but yes, the TikTok is a song about like slavery and like uh, people getting beat. And then it says Latinos. And then it's like people dancing. And, like, <laughs> going around. I'm going to find it because I think I saved it. I think I saved it because I think I sent it to my mom or something. That's crazy. Uh, and I'll send it to you guys. Because like if you listen to the song, like the beat, is, it's a salsa song. Mm-hmm. And like people are dancing and whatnot. It's like a really, really good song. And if you don't listen, it's like Hey Ya by Outcast. Yes. It's like, it's like, y'all don't want to listen to the music. Y'all just want to dance. 
And he like, told he told now, y'all. He was like, "Hey, we, I tried to tell y'all." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and some people just discovered that, like these last couple of years, because of TikTok, mm-hmm. where it's like when you're dancing along to the song, and then it's like when you actually pay attention to the lyrics. Absolutely. And it's like, oh, this song's about divorce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people That's are crazy. just like, yeah, shake it, shake it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, That's yeah, crazy. it's one of those. Social media is, is, is so funny when, like, it helps you kind of discover things. But speaking of social media, there's a young man who can no longer use two avenues of social media. Mr. Andrew Tate has been banned from, uh, yeah, he has been banned from IG and Facebook, I believe, um, due to some of the narratives he has pushed around that are very uh, anti-women, misogynistic, uh, get in the kitchen and and screw up them floors. Uh, What do y'all think about the whole thing? Because I, like I said, I got hip to him, uh, like, sporadically. And by the time I realized kind of who he was, he was like, full-blown like final form uh, i don't think i really maybe sat through a video or even on tiktok because mm-hmm. i'm like it's anytime someone's just oh women like why are you so mad at women yeah, yeah. like why why like why do you way, he, um he gives his message because i've seen people say make the same points as him but they met say it in a nicer way or they, they're like calm like with his videos he, he always like looks like he's like he's like going through roid rage like yeah. He's about yeah, to explode. He's Bane's yelling. popping out his head and stuff. And it's like women are because like there are videos where he's telling the women that there's like videos where he's like with dudes and like the other dudes are just like like laughing or like super chill. And this dude's like yelling at them and it's like sweating. Like, Dog, yeah, it's like, bro, <laughs> you're scaring the whole surreal. Like, Calm down. <laughs> you just try. I mean, he's trying to get a point across, but it's like, what is the what is the point? Like, one man is not gonna change. The entire thought process of the woman, of women. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's like so you can yell and do this that, but a woman's gonna do what a woman's gonna do regardless. Mm-hmm. So I, it's just like, why do you feel so strongly about that? And then when you use them words like all women or all this, it's like now you're breeding this group of gender of men. You the bitches ain't shit men again. The same stuff that Snoop and them went through. Instead of saying all women, it was like we're not talking to all women all women ain't bitches and hoes but there are some bitches and hoes mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying and it's just like you're not making that distinction anymore you're just all women ain't shit you're doing what women do the same thing that they oh men ain't this men ain't that you're doing that to them and you're just using your cult following to go out here and question random women and just get them caught up it's like why are you why, why are you even doing this at the, the yeah. beginning and we've talked about it it's it's just been um it's been so kind of like we not weird because it's like it's stuff that you may have seen growing up or heard growing up but it's like to see somebody literally just make a platform off of it and we talked about it with all the baby kevin samuels and i don't even want to keep saying kevin samuels because even like we said kevin samuels his delivery was 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 some stuff to be desired but a lot of a couple times he definitely had some good points it was just a matter of how he came across it and delivery is everything there's a whole tiktok counselor or whatever that lost her job because of how she displayed one message and people was like who would want to be one of your patients and one of your this that and the third because this is how you talk to people and she lost her whole job off of that so i don't understand why people get so surprised when when stuff gets taken away from them or in his case when he gets banned from from doing a certain social media like if you going out of your way 
to say like he got banned off of Twitter because he uh he he said the story of him getting banned off of Twitter was he was on a flight. It was a female pilot, and before he dug off, he tweeted, "I don't even trust a woman to park my car or something like that. Why would I trust her to fly a plane?" It's like, yeah. what do you because gain he, from saying the, that? There's no reason to even do that. <laughs> like, like what? Like that's the what? difference. Because like Kevin Samuels would have been instead of just going out there and attacking, and I'm not shooting him no bill, rest in peace. Yeah. But instead of just attacking a woman saying you can't fly a plane, he was gonna give you facts. It's like, hey. You failed this pilot's test seven times. You've did this. You've did that. Then do you think you're fit to fly this plane? And you answer that question. If you say, yeah, cool. But then you get those women that are like, oh, well, maybe when you put it like that, he was getting you to think. He wasn't just telling you, oh, you ain't shit. You ain't this. You were toxic. This, that, and other. He was going to tell you, oh, well, you don't cook. You don't clean this, 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 that, and the other. Explain to me how you're an eight. Now you conscious woman has to be like, well, okay, maybe since I don't do this, this, that, and the other, I got to rephrase it. Instead yeah. of Andrew Tate just being like, you're ugly, you're a four, don't ever get pat, don't ever think you're too big and that. Kevin Sanders would be like, okay, you think you're an eight, justify it. Mm-hmm. And if you can't justify it, then I'm well within my right to not call you an eight or see you as an eight. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. all about letting them come up. You can't tell anybody how they feel or what they nothing but when you yeah, just yeah. barking and attacking somebody it's like yeah you don't know me you don't know what i've been through you don't know this it's like this is my confidence and you just shot it without giving me any reason or nothing it's like and you're just that, attacking me for no reason and it don't help that a lot of times these narratives come from a place of privilege amongst whoever like whatever their status is even if it is black men or minority men whatever a lot of times they they wait until they get to that certain status to all of a sudden turn around and and come out with this 1950s narrative of everything. So it was like, okay, how was you talking before you got there? Or did you get to that point talking how you talking? Because at the very least, if if it's consistency, I don't like it, but I gotta respect it. If if that's what got you to your bag is consistently talking like this is a black and white television program, fine. But to go out of your way to just like every single narrative that comes out about you or from you, every single clip that goes viral is this, that, and the third. At the very least, like you said, not shooting many bell, but with Kevin Samuels, when he had reasonable points come out, those also made the waves and those also circulated and went around. Right. I've never, I have yet to hear one logical, like Andrew Tate point of view that didn't come off as men are superior to women. It's like, bro, like, what do you what do you get doing this? And it's like they find the one like you don't see him just talking to the lawyers, the doctors. You talk to them with no real common sense for themselves. You talking to the concert or the bar chicks. Mm -hmm. That's just you talking to them. And oh, yeah, she's not. Yeah, her. She's not. But pull that with somebody else. What a doctor. They're going to snatch your car. Like, come on now. It's like you pulling yeah. it with the right way. You're not pulling that with Michelle Obama. You're not talking that shit to Michelle <laughs> Obama. And that's just real. If you can't talk that to that, then you shouldn't be talking to about nobody else. Like, how strong is your conviction? No, that's fact. If you can't do it with... A, and it's like... Like, tell your mama. If you can't tell your mom this yeah. as a woman, then you shouldn't be telling nobody else. Yeah. And, I mean, he finds his niche with... I feel like it's mainly because I do see it a lot, like on, on mainly on Instagram and TikTok, like his videos go viral. But usually the people who are sharing it are teenagers. Yeah. Which is why a lot of people were trying to get him banned 
not so much for like the other grown men, but there were like like teenagers starting to look up to this. Teenagers who probably asked the girl out to the school dance and got rejected, or maybe just went through a heartbreak. So now it's like I'm trying to look for reasoning as to why this happened. Now here's yeah. this guy, Andrew Tate, saying, Oh, Make the reason it sense. happened was because women are hoes or women are thoughts and women are just like trying to gain advantage or one eye and so forth. So now it's like, oh, it's not me. It's, it's the women's fault. Never mind like the fact maybe, I didn't put deodorant on that day. No, it's yeah, her fault. <laughs> yeah, I didn't put deodorant on or I couldn't hold a conversation or maybe we just didn't have the same interests, blah, blah, blah. But she didn't like me. So it's a her thing. And like, they found yeah. the, the guy that could like justifies it. Mm-hmm. It's preaching homosexuality because you're raising people to hate women or to look at women different because it's like, oh, why do I need a woman when I have just as much fun with the boys and we can do this, that, la, la, la. It's the Roman Empire all over again. You're going to be, women ain't this, women ain't that, and then it's women aren't important, but they are. So it's like you have these narratives, you have these people teaching more than an actual woman. If there was an actual woman that got up there and was like, Oh no, yeah, us as women need to do this. Us as women need to do that, but they won't because women are so ill uh, with each other. They're like, oh, she just wants to be this. She's just a submissive and blah, blah, blah. It's the fair but equal art, art, art uh, argument. That's all it is. Yeah. It's it's the whole thing, it's like, and do you we yeah, it's really just do you, honestly, at that point. But like like Zeus said. There, it does become a point because, like, like we've talked about many a times, especially growing up. How many times, I mean, how much time do you spend really with your family? Especially once you get to school full time, you'd be lucky if you see them five hours out the day. So, right. if your whole molding and your whole kind of model of who you are as a person comes from this guy, and I've seen plenty of tweets of women saying like, "I didn't know who Andrew Tate was, but my son follows him on Instagram." So now I had to nip this in the bud and let him know this isn't how you supposed to talk to a woman or treat a woman. Cause like you, like G baby said, this isn't how you would talk to your mama. This is how you would talk to your grandmama. Mm-hmm. Why would you try to talk to somebody who you trying to court this way? Like that's somebody else's daughter, somebody else's daughter, somebody else's potential future mom and, and all of that. Right. So it's, it's one of those things where it's a, it's very dangerous because there is, like you said, it is going to raise up a culture of, men who just think for the fact that they are a man, they superior. It is back to them kingdom days. Like, yeah, who cares if she was first born? He's the first son, so he has to lead the kingdom. He has to do that. It's like, bro, like, you can't operate. You can't healthily operate in this world, in my opinion, with that type of mind state. Like, yeah. Think for yourself. Everybody, yeah, everybody's gonna have a predisposed uh, deposition for something. It happens. It's just, it's, it's human nature. But to go out of your way to just think I'm X, Y, and Z because I was born a man, or I'm X, Y, and Z because I was born a woman. And the other side, them niggas tweaking. They they are in fear. Both sides is terrible. So yeah, it's equally. one of those, it's equally terrible. But obviously, because let's be real, men have the power. Ours is definitely the most dangerous narrative to spread around because then that's how people start getting hurt. That's how you know people start getting taken advantage of. So it's definitely, I understand why he was banned off of these social media apps. You can say freedom of speech, this, that, and the third, but when niggas start moving based off of their words, the same thing with Trump. It's you militarizing. Get, you get a whole insurrection based off of the words he put out 
he has to be held accountable. Even if you, I didn't put the gun in their hands. I didn't tell, I didn't get them the hammers to go. You gave him the like, you feel me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, Charles Manson. Yeah. Yeah. Like they threw him he in jail, but his whole, his, yeah, his whole thing the whole time was like, I don't know why I'm in jail. I didn't kill him. He's like, I might have suggested it or I might have put it in, like maybe That's on a crazy. random day. I said, you know what would happen? Like, like, wouldn't it be great if so-and-so died? And if they ended up dying, but he's like, I didn't do it. I didn't tell him to do it. They just heard me say it on my own. And then they were like, oh, maybe he would like it if I did this. It's, the, it's their fault. And it's like, no, because you all had power over them. You were their cult leader. And they thought this was going to satisfy you. Even if they heard it in passing, they're like, you know, if, if I could get the person I idolize to, to love me or respect me, I'm going to go do it. Mm. And that time it so happened to be a murder or whatever. And it's like, no, you're responsible because you told them to. Yeah. Folks got to be held accountable. Folks have it's to. It's a be conspiracy. Held. You put yeah. that out, out there. Yeah. And speaking of accountability, we got one more thing before G baby got to head to work and serve and protect. Wow. Uh, Deshaun Watson. They have decided to suspend him eleven games instead of the original six, and he's being fined five million dollars. Now, I'm a, from a business perspective, the NFL failed, in my opinion. This is a situation where you have to set a precedent. We talked about it a million times. How many axe murderers did the Cowboys have for all of those years? And people yeah. were just like, oh, well, he or she, he just did this and third, so he good. You have a man who had to settle 85 million sexual assault cases. And the, the Browns came out and was like, oh, well, he was remorseful for making those women feel uncomfortable. He coming out saying, nigga, I didn't do nothing. I am innocent. So for you to go out of your way to just, oh, well, we'll just extend it to 11 because there's no way they can make the playoffs if, if he's just, it, they'll, it'll make it, it'll, it'll deal with it. That doesn't deal with it. And it's still an issue. It's still an issue. And now you've made the, the, the narrative furthermore, we don't care about women's safety. You got all of these women employees, women trainers, women, you got women coaches now, you got women media uh, members, all of this. You've just told the NFL, you've just told all your female fans, eh. Oh well, we're gonna stop somebody from groping one on live TV during the touchdown dance. Yeah, well, yeah. What's gonna yeah. stop him? Oh, he's suspended for two games and two two hundred thousand dollars. Okay, I'm gonna do it next week too. Yeah, I don't want to play. We're I mean, not gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well have my fun. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's the on narrative. This one, I feel like the NFL, although they they should have been set the precedence like before, like you said with the Cowboys and like absolutely all these other players, uh, but. And this one, I feel like they did the most they could do mm -hmm. just because the original was six games and that wasn't decided by the NFL. That was decided by like a separate judge, like an actual government judge Okay. who, because of previous, because the NFL has set such a bad precedent, that's the most they could give them like by a judge. because She had to keep it fair. She wasn't right. going to be like, oh, well, this sexual assault person, Ben Roethlisberger only got four games or I don't know how much he got, but let's say he only got four games and it's like, well, if Ben Roethlisberger got four games then I can't give Deshaun Watson the whole season because it's not fair. I'm the judge. I have to keep mm -hmm. it fair no matter what my thoughts are. I have yeah, to like, get the, yeah, everything presented to me and I have to put it into account. Even if I think he should be suspended for life or whatever, I have to abide by precedent. So the NFL overruled that and was like, yeah, we don't care what this judge says. And it's like, all right, we'll give you 11 games and, and uh, I forgot the fine, what, $5 million fine? Five million, like yeah. That. 
And it's like, that's the most we could do now. Because now if I try to go for the whole season, now Deshaun Watson's going to try to take it to the Supreme Court, which had already been said supposedly by his camp. Because I yeah. think the NFL was trying to make it the whole season. Mm-hmm. And Deshaun was like, yeah, I'm going to take that to the Supreme Court. And now the Supreme Court rules six games. Now it's like, all right, six games. So I think this was like the, I guess, happy, which sucks. Because like if he did, because, you know, 28 women or however many women don't just all band together in a group chat and say, hey, you yeah. know, let's, let's come up real quick. So at least, at least a couple, a handful of them had to be telling the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, and one is too, and, one is one too many. Yeah, one is one too many. So it's like, so it sucks that they had to like compromise with the person who, who did such things. Mm-hmm. But in, in this case, I think that was the most the NFL could do without possibly just, backing firing on them. Yeah. That just says a lot for that league, too. I mean, oh, yeah. You, you got to have a better pressing. It's damn near the WWE at this point. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff that you let and slide. And then, like we talked about, you got Calvin Ridley betting on himself that he's going to have, which is still stupid. You could have had a cousin with a different last name do it. But whatever. You, you got Calvin Ridley. He's just gambling. And he loses yeah. the whole year. The whole year's yeah. paycheck. And Deshaun Watson, for, I mean, like you said, it hasn't been proven. But it's like you don't settle with that many women if you're innocent. You fight that tooth and nail. Right. That that's me personally, especially as a millionaire. If I'm a millionaire and I got X amount of women saying I did X, Y, and Z, and I know in my heart of hearts I didn't do anything, this, that, and the third, I'm not What's settling. That? You're What's not that? getting an ounce of my money. I will take this to the the, the court's court if I have to, because I have more money to fight this than you do. You're not gonna sit there and, and 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 do that. It should have went to the Supreme Court because now it puts pressure on everybody. Now, anything that he anybody does is going to the Supreme Court. You got to set that print. So it's going to be like, hey, he hit his wife. Boom, you out of here. Hey, you doing this? Boom, you out of here. You got to have, you got to start letting people get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the CEOs, the big weeks, or the players, like they got to get in trouble. And it's all, and it sucks because he's black. And I don't mean to put the race card in there, but you already know that that card's been played. Absolutely. Oh, Ben Roethlisberger didn't get that much. Is it just because they make an example out of it? It's like, nah, bro. Wrong is wrong. Like wrong at this wrong point, you gotta way. like, yeah, you gotta x out. It it it, it does look away. I will. It say does this. look away. It does. It definitely does look away. And it's like, at the same time, it's like, well, taking away the fact that there is a racial difference, this is still a man that took potentially advantage of x amount of women. So it needed to be handled. And now I'm curious. If this has any precedent for what ends up happening with the whole Miles Bridges thing, like he hit his hit his wife and went to jail or whatnot, like how does this affect how the NBA approaches that? I thought, and like I said, I I initially thought he may end up like getting kicked out the league because it's one of those things like you have to let women know that you're standing with them, like yeah. you. And it's not, and let's be real, it's not like Miles Bridges is some household name that if he like. Oh my God, I can't believe I got this Miles Bridges jersey. Like, you don't care about that. So it's one of those things mm-hmm. where it's like, if you set the precedent and get him up out of here and you let everybody else know, I don't care what status you are. If you are doing this to women, if you are abusing women, kids, whoever, whoever, you out. If yeah. you, and I think it, it would set a better, um, it, it would definitely put you at a different place because the NBA, in my opinion, has always been more progressive than the NFL. Right. Uh, they've been one of the more progressive leagues just kind of forever. So if you really want to take a stance and set yourself apart 
from your competitors, this is the way to do it. It sounds crappy because it's like a business move instead of what's right, but it's the truth. Yeah. Like, if, if you the NBA, Miles might not have to touch another basketball in the NBA he again. He shouldn't. In you know, my opinion. This WNBA, you got women coaches, women on the sideline. It's like, what? So, like, some got to give. Either get something. rid of them. Something, something's got to give, you know? So. We'll see. Zoo, what you think is going to um, – do you think anything's going to come from the uh, the Miles Bridges situation based off of what happened with the NFL? Um, I think the NBA handles their, like, problems a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I guess since there's less players, it might be a little bit easier to control. And as well, since the, the league is technically newer. Yeah. It gave him. It gave him more. Like, all right, like a, a lot more control. I don't know. I feel like Adam Silver and like uh, Stern before him were a little bit more in tune, whereas like Roger Goodell is more of a like a dictator. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Adam Silver actually listens to, even though he probably had his analog be off, he probably listens to the people around him. Mm-hmm. Whereas Goodell is more like, nah. If I wanted this way, I wanted this way. Mm-hmm. And, and so it helps. I think the NBA handles all their situations, whether they be better or not. And, yeah, I, I feel like with Miles Bridges, I think that should be damn near over with. Because it's like now it's like Miles Bridges is on the court with Steph Curry. And Steph Curry, Mr. Love Your Wife. Mm-hmm. And I got a dude right here who whoops on his wife and it's, or his girlfriend, whoever she was. And now it's like, damn, how do I, how do I look at that? Yeah. And it's like if Curry doesn't check him, it's like obviously Curry's not gonna check him because he's not gonna risk his career. Mm-hmm. But now it's like it could look away because it could be like, oh, like this person supposedly loves women and nobody's hard fought. Like, like if Miles Bridges is in the game, you have to expect at least, even if you put the 15th man in, someone gotta clock him. Yeah, and be like, all right, we all stand with women. Like if they did it in baseball when the Astros cheated, they, they were throwing pitches out of hundred mile per hour pitches yeah. out of every game for like the whole season, the, yeah. the season after the cheating happened. And it's like, all right, the NBA player can't put their fifteen men and like clock this dude and be like, you all right, that's uh, <laughs> like, you're gonna try to <laughs> suit up, big job. We need three minutes of action <laughs> and three fouls. Hard. And that's like the that's the bare minimum that can happen. Miles Bridges is in there because then it sends a message like, "Oh, we all stand with women, so we're gonna cock the shit out of this yeah. dude who's like a woman beater." Or like even his teammates. Situ- yeah, yeah. Like, how does Lamelo gonna look kicking Still doing handshakes with him on the court dancing? Yeah. And it's like, oh, he's cool with him whipping on his wife. Oh, so he'll do it. Yeah. Yes, the, he will find the, his girl. the narrative the narrative will get flipped so quick and it's like you too new in the league to and you got too much you got too much market value behind you to allow it like so how does mike look potentially re-signing him and stuff like that how does anybody look because this is his free agency year he i mean it's a player's league right i mean you got, y'all gotta decide about this yeah like y'all and need to have a meeting, it's been like, dead silent and i think there was a recent picture he was at some NBA run with uh with I think it was with Trey Young and Victor Oladipo. I don't know how recent that picture was, but people was like, "So we just gonna act like it didn't happen?" And it looks bad because even if you can't, because maybe you don't decide who's on the court playing with you at these runs. Maybe it's set up by some third party or whatever. But it's still like you just gonna be around NBA it. Run, you yeah. be there. I don't know, man. If it's any type of official 
NBA run. It's different if it's some Drew League and, hey, just sign up, you can play. That's different. Yeah. But if this was an official NBA, like, oh, training run or whatever, then mm-hmm. they wrong for that. We'll see what happens. I'm very interested. Uh, is there anything else before we close? Yeah. Um, nah, I mean, uh, G-Baby has to get out of here, but we could talk about, talk about your movie next week. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah he's going to watch, watch it. it today. He's going to watch it while today. he's protecting and serving, so that'll definitely right. be something. Like, hey, we're going to put that bomb away, sir. <laughs> Not having that shit today. <laughs> watch that movie. <laughs> hey, keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> but we thank y'all for tuning in to yet another exhilarating installment of the Friendly Fire podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can DM us at friendly underscore fire on IG and friendly fire on TikTok. Once again, friendly underscore fire on IG and friendly fire on TikTok. Artists, send your MP3, send your artwork to friendlyfire2021 at gmail.com. Once again, friendlyfire2021 at gmail.com. If it's music and we like it, it goes on at the end of our podcast. If it's artwork and we like it, it goes on that big, blue, beautiful wall behind G-Baby. All right? We thank you for I am Rico, G-Baby, Zoo, Friendly Fire. Be blessed. Peace. Yeah. Yes. That was a good one.